0: So this is part two of my initial couple days of how to deal with uh, the death of my biological father. I thought it was best to separate it because I'm getting some feedback about when the episodes are so long. Um, I hope that you listen to part one, which was the last episode, so that this makes a little more sense than... Uh, just starting with Monday on of of the adventure of that that particular week. So um, here goes the conclusion of my (laughs) coping the best I could. And um, yeah, here I go. I leave off waiting in the waiting room of the center, waiting for my counselor after a nice snowy I And it was weird. I really didn't know what to do with myself in the waiting room. I could have checked work email or um you know listen to music or whatever or there's some cool challenges I'm doing right now and instead I watched more church on my phone. Uh and I guess I want to focus on church and spirituality and all that fun stuff in November when we we do step 11. Um But I'm not a church person, per se, so there's some significance to me going, and I still don't know, I know about as much about where I'm going to land with church and God as I do about my relationship with alcohol, Um, but I just know that it's my step 11 work, and I need to do it, so I started going last year, and maybe it was to help for moments like this. It it definitely, I I definitely get value out of what I hear when I go. Anyway, so then I go in to see Miss Carla. And at this point, I did text Tara and um, said, hey, do you want to meet at lunch? Because my other coping mechanism on Sunday (laughs) was uh, ice cream. I left the house to go get ice cream. My friend's from my Asia trip will probably laugh because that was, you know, one of my favorite meals over there. I could get ice cream two, three times a day with the boys whenever possible. So, again, very conscious decision. Okay, I know I'm going out to get ice cream and I know that sugar is not ideal. But you know what's even more not ideal? Getting drunk so or gambling. Or whatever bad things I could have got myself into, so <laughs> I uh, that was all I ate on Sunday. So I I reached out to Tara and I said, "Hey, do you want to meet me at Red Lobster?" Which was in the middle of you know going from counseling to group because I had strategized I was going to both things and and I knew I had to do. Again, the same things I would preach to anybody else to do. So so I spent time with Carla, and Carla was, you know, amazing as always. And we talked through a lot, and, you know, I don't know that I left feeling, you know, instant better, but she kind of let me off the hook a little on some things. She you know, followed up and gave me some resources on some other things. Just normal, amazing carless stuff. And uh, then I went over to meet Tara for lunch and it was a good distraction. You know, I got to talk to her about the trip and uh, we talked about Bob a little bit, but the idea was to distract myself and to use, again, another coping mechanism of my friends and, you know, I have support. And as much as I love Tara, we don't get real deep, like, we don't get real mushy, so I knew it would be lighthearted, and I knew that that was part of what I needed, so um, we finished up. We probably sat there a couple hours, and one of her and my favorite thing to do is to get ice cream and and fried cheesecake, but... She goes, "Now you got me thinking about ice cream cuz I had mentioned it somewhere and uh we went and got ice cream. It was my first time going to Menchie's. And that was good and then it was time for group and um you know, I was I really in my mind did not want to make group about me. I wanted to go, I wanted to listen, I wanted to laugh, I wanted to feel good and um what we have a relatively new member actually yesterday was his 30 days. And I'll tell you, I met this man, maybe, well, geez, I've only been home a week and a half. So maybe three meetings in person for at best, but he is just doing it. Like he's, he's at groups listening and he's offering very mindful feedback. Um, He's just, he's just, I'm so proud of him. But he ends up saying something in reference to my situation. And of course, you know, it was all downhill from there. So the counselor's like, okay, we can make tonight a process group. And I guess the universe decided that's what I needed. So that's what we did. And it was me and it was, it was actually a small group, which is weird. So I don't, normally we're like, busting at the seams but there was only about a half a dozen of us but it was just the way it was supposed to be and um you know the guys were very supportive and um helpful i don't know just just so caring and and i really did i left there feeling again another bit better and I know I may have already said this, but the part of the point of why I'm sharing this with you is because it would have been so much easier, so much easier to hide in my bed, to go for a drink, to go to the casino behind my house. It would have been so much easier. But I had to push myself through what I believe are the strategies to recovery. And... The other piece that I realized was so important because I said to Carla, I said, maybe the sober trip was to prepare me for this. Like I've said all along that the Asia trip, the universe was telling me to go and I didn't know why. I had different ideas of what it could be, um, but it was it, it didn't turn out to be any of those things. So now I'm wondering, you know, was it? Was it to prepare me for this? Because if I wasn't doing the right things every day, uh, not just not just the trip, but if I didn't read my meditations every day, if I wasn't doing my step 10, 11, 12 work, if I wasn't doing the work, if I wasn't, um, you know, like I'm taking these challenges online that I alluded to. One of them is about brain health, Um, another one's about manifestation and you know like i'm always exploring things and learning things and working on myself and if i wasn't doing that all along i don't know that i would be prepared to do this without using coping mechanisms that would have been harmful to me so <laughs> so today here i am um i come home from group think I oh I know what I did I went to bed and I pretty much slept until I think nine o'clock this morning like I did a couple of my little couch bed couch bed moves that I do but essentially I think I was in bed for most of 12 hours and I got up and um, (laughs) I thought I would keep myself busy by paying bills and that turned out to be way more depressing than I expected but that's another story and I kept the when, – when I was with Carly yesterday, she told me I can have a – because I told her, I said, I just want to stay in bed. And she said, well, you can have a take-to-bed day. And she explained to me what her interpretation of a take-to-bed day was, which is you could do whatever you want in bed. Like if you want to sleep, if you want to watch TV, if you want to meditate, uh, if you want to eat ice cream, you could do any of those things in bed um and phones off so that's pretty much what i did i shut my phones off uh for most of today um i did pay my bills and and you know got myself prepared for work physically um you know made lunch and again i don't want to be a shit show in the morning i really need to go back to work as much as i mean i don't know if i'm ready to be honest Um, I know I feel much better today than yesterday. You know, uh, good old recovery one day at a time. And uh, I I guess it'll get better every day from here on out if I keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. (sighs) So that's spend my last I don't know 48 hours 72 hours however from Saturday till Tuesday and um, I'll be okay I know I'll be okay I don't know what comes next Um, I haven't heard back from the cousin about um, how we're going to proceed we agree that we should cremate him and we have some ideas about, you know, where to spread his ashes. And, you know, the last couple days, part of why I tried to not ha- be on the phone constantly was some of the posts from different family members. You know, there's a lot out there. You know, people are saying things. Um Mindful things, kind things. And it's it's so evident that Bob was sick. You know, that was the part I was learning through my recovery journey. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, if I truly believe, and I do, that addiction is no different, I mean, it's different, but no different from a control perspective as, a, as cancer or diabetes or whatever. If I truly believe that, then I need to act accordingly. And that's where I was getting closer to some relief from this relationship with Bob, was he was the sick man. It doesn't let him off the hook, and it doesn't excuse his behavior but it frames it in a way that made it so that most of the resentment, all the resentment at this point, the resentment and the hate and all that stuff is gone now. Um, Because I don't, I mean, I can't control other people, but I wouldn't want people feeling that way about me. It's not the life I want to live. I want to make right my wrongs. You know, that's the other part of the, the alcohol conversation for me is when I did my step work for gambling as far as, you know, making the amends, I feel like I didn't hurt as many people with my gambling as I have drinking. And I might have said this somewhere along the way. Um, Once things come out of my mouth, unfortunately, they kind of, I forget what I said sometimes, uh, which is why I'm doing a brain class to try to help my memory. Anyway, um yeah, so with my drinking, I feel like I did more stupid things or maybe hurt more people. Um so that was that's part of what was my exploration of that, but is is the timing of this a reinforcement that I need to end my relationship with alcohol forever? Um, I don't know the answer to that yet. I wonder, though. I really do wonder. And I'm sharing this because also there might be people that haven't thought about their alcohol gambling whatever um, substance or behavior that might be impacting their life to let you know, um, first of all, you're not alone. Um, Second of all, there's help out there and there's, you know, a lot of resources and and coping strategies as I just kind of ran through. But also, I'm telling my story today not from my usage perspective as much as as someone impacted by the addiction i i've said the last few years and in gamblers anonymous there's part of the combo book that asks you know is knowing why we gamble gambled important and and the book essentially says no not really um but it's more about fixing it. So I focused on that, right? But I I believe, and I believe I've said this to y'all, that I believe I ended up a gambling addict in the effort to not become an alcoholic. And I don't, I, I'm still, you know, working through that if it worked or not thing but um, I'm the person on the other side of the addiction in this case and this is how it impacted my life and this is what I need to do to be you know a survivor in this instance and so if you are if you are one of The people who, like I said, is questioning your behavior. This is a snippet of how other people could be impacted. If you're one of the people that's been impacted, you know, these are some of the coping, survival skills, whatever. They could be applied to you too, as easily as to us, the compulsive gambler, or, you know, us, the alcoholics, whatever. Um, it's working. I'm I'm sitting here, and although I've had to press pause a couple times to go blow my nose, um, the sobbing has kind of started to die down. Um, I can't really meditate; still, so good, um, but the thoughts are slowing down, the racing, you know, doing. What I've been doing all along definitely set the stage for surviving the last couple of days. And, um, yeah. So we know I love to end every show with a positive quote. And I just want to say that this there is some positive in all this. You know, um, first of all, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bob. You know, my sister called that out in her post on Facebook, and it's a very profound, accurate statement. And the next part is, and I had this realization, you know, the last few months or so. um, I'm a believer, and I'm, I'm growing more and more in a believer that everything happens for a reason. But I can look back on all my experiences and all my life good or bad and appreciate that they're bringing me to this moment right here right now and honestly without my journey of life with Bob in it or not in it however it's defined I wouldn't be here right now I wouldn't be talking to you I wouldn't hopefully be helping someone did that come out wrong I wouldn't Hopefully, I'm helping people by sharing this because I'll tell you what, I, I'm being as freaking vulnerable and transparent as I've ever, ever been and um, I'd like to think it was for something but I wouldn't be even able to do that without the journey I've been on. So, here's today's quote. I think that this fits in. It's from, of course, someone else I can't pronounce. His name is Chuck Pala? Hneuwik, another tough one. Anyway, here goes. We all die. The goal isn't to live forever, the goal is to create something that will. Thank you beautiful people.